0: From India's Largest Newsroom, I'm Meenal Bagheel, and this is the Times of India podcast. On this last day of 2021, a look back at how your favorite podcast covered the big stories of the year. My colleague Arun George puts together some of the top voices that you heard here, and some behind the scenes, not so edifying moments of how we put the show on the road. Wishing all our listeners happiness and good health in the new year. Until next week, then. The Vikat wedding and other events is often due to a. F-
1: okay,
2: instead of saying Vikat, Vikat. Like-
0: no, they don't call it, they're calling it Vikat. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: God. Okay, fine, 10.
0: Is heart health under, it's not working, no? Just read this, sunan. I don't know, sorry, the connection just dropped. Yeah, yeah, connection.
1: What's your Wi-Fi speed at home?
0: 25.
1: Oh
2: man, get 100. Oh, I see. That's why it glitches. That's just to give you a taste of what goes into the making of this show. The start of this show and the end of 2021 have been bookended by the pandemic. When the show started in April, Delhi was at the start of what would be a massive wave of COVID-19 cases that would hit the rest of India as well. As India deals with the threat of a wave of cases due to the Omicron variant, it's a good time to recall Dr. Ambarish Sathvik's very simple example on why we need to worry before it's too late.
3: So consider yourself sitting on the top row off a football stadium, okay? And you're sitting in a way that you're overlooking the bowl of the stadium. And for whatever reason, the stadium is watertight. And you've got water filling in the stadium at the rate of one drop per minute, okay? But it's exponential growth. So what that means is that the first minute is one drop, two drops in the second minute, Four drops in the third minute, eight drops in the fourth minute, 16 drops in the fifth minute. So it's growing at, at it's doubling, right? So that's precisely what exponential growth is. And in 45 minutes, you have a situation that uh has reached up to the first row of spectators, and 93% of the stadium is still empty, okay? Which is 45 minutes, 1245. And you think you have a lot of time to get out. Three minutes later, uh you will have water occupying half of the stadium, which is at 12.48. And one minute later, which is 12.49, the stadium will be full. But what's interesting is that, uh, you know, at 12.48, when you think half the stadium is full, you still think you have time to get out. In over 100
2: episodes, we've also spoken to Times of India journalists across the country. For example, we'd spoken with Tiwai's Ishita Mishra in Dehradun, who broke the story of a COVID-19 testing fraud during the Kumbh, and she'd explained why it was both funny and horrifying.
4: I live in uh, Race Course in Dehradun. Even if you type house addresses in Dehradun uh, Race Course, you'll get at least hundred of addresses. You can at least copy them. Basically, this particular person who has uploaded this entire data in the health department website was not bothered to apply mine. It was all fake. Those people were fake. Those tests never happened. And after scrolling down to every page, uh, I could say that it was surprised. And I was angry as well that it's okay that you cheated the government. It's a four crore fraud, which is not a very big amount for a state government. But this is something uh, criminal against humanity that they have done.
2: We've also had many guests on the show through the year and there have been nuggets of wisdom from each of them. Like industrialist Vijay Singhania who had life advice for parents that was firmly rooted in his own experiences.
5: Gentlemen, if you want to love your children and you want to give them happiness or money or whatever, by all means do it in your lifetime. But what you will give them beyond their immediate requirements, presumably after your death. Don't give it today. Put it in your will. They will get it after you're dead. They won't be able to put you on the road. So this is my advice to you. My experience of my life, never give what ought to be given after your life, during your life. Because then you are left with nothing.
2: Former PepsiCo CEO Indra Nui had some words of advice for women aiming to climb the corporate ladder.
0: Sometimes people say things for the sake of just being heard. Don't. Um, sometimes your silence is also golden. Don't be quiet through the entire meeting. But when you talk, whatever you say is so profound and so important that people are hoping you'll talk. But prof- profound statements don't come from just the top of your head. They come because you've thought about the issue, you've read about the issue, you've studied about the issue. Mm. And you're giving other people a chance to talk, showcase themselves, show off at times. But when you talk, it's the most valuable addition. Okay? And so... Mina, I tell you something. We don't have any uh, equal environment as yet. We don't. That's the reality. We've come a long way, but we are nowhere near anything resembling equality. Women still have to put in more hours, more uh, you know, intensity into their work because when a woman says anything, people automatically say, "Oh, she's too strident," or "She's too shrill," or. You know, I don't know what she's talking about, you know. They immediately discount what you do or say or how you look or... So you have to dig yourself out of the hole and then move ahead.
2: Bimal Patel, who's reimagining some of India's most high-profile locations, gives us an insight into what it was like working with Prime Minister Narendra Modi. And why for him, it's a lot like working with a demanding Ahmedabad
3: client. So they're like any good, demanding clients, and I don't think good architects is possible without demanding clients. Um, the opportunity here that you get in Amman, and then certainly with, 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 if, with, with the client, even as as, as 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 important as the prime minister, is that they will listen. Uh, it's you know they'll say you, you know if you say listen, um, this is your problem, and this is how I I believe. Uh, we can best solve it, uh, um, they will listen. Uh, Unlike uh, the belief that uh, many of these, uh, you know, big clients in Ahmedabad, the big mill owners or the big, they they are not just interested in telling you what to do. Karnatak
2: singer TM Krishna explained the cost of taking a political stand that wasn't very convenient.
4: Hate comes your way. I think it completely depends on your mindset. There are days in which you just brush it aside. And you say big deal, you know, you don't deserve to live or whatever, you know, threats. But there are days when you're also vulnerable, right? Yeah, of course. But emotionally, not probably in the strongest place. Mm. So those days, these things kind of stay right behind in your head, then you sleep uneasily. And you're also worried more than yourself, I think, also the people near you. I mean, that has worried me much more than myself, to be honest. Mohamedou Ul-Slahi,
2: who spent over a decade in Guantanamo Bay prison, explained why just having good laws wasn't good enough for a democracy.
3: I think uh, the laws, the texts are good and very good to protect human rights. But the application of the law is the problem, you know. It's really like, I mean, you can look in any country, I mean, let's say like, I don't want to say any country, but let's pick up this, the one that you think really is oppressive regime. Take the text of the law. Oh my God, this is, I just want to kiss the text. Say, this is where I want to live. This is going to protect me. You know?
2: <laughs> Lawyer and constitutional law expert Gautam Bhatia explained what he's been seeing in Indian courts over the past few years that's worrying him.
5: The
1: solicitor general and the attorney general and the state Council can make can keep coming and making outrageous statements. Um, can keep uh, make make fact-free statements, uh, level accusations against the other side's lawyers, against the other side itself. Uh, you know, basically throw their weight around. Uh, are never uh, never uh, stopped by the by the judges. Are never questioned. Uh, there is no scrutiny of of their stance. Um, so it's basically, if you're the, if you're the lawyer for the, for the government, you can get away with anything that you you know you want to get away with in these kinds of civil rights cases. I, I can't recall the last time like a major important civil rights-slash-constitutional case went against the government.
2: Former Minister Jairam Ramesh explained through his dealings with PV Narasimha Rao and in India's economic liberalisation in 1991 how politics sometimes is just the art of saying things differently
4: on the devaluation he came under attack from the left on the trade policy by and large uh, there were not many criticisms but on the budget of July 24th mm-hmm. which had the industrial policy he mm-hmm. came under severe attack from within the Congress party I mean even mm-hmm. the party the first time the industrial policy went to the cabinet it got rejected on the grounds that you know it made too many departures uh, mm-hmm. from the past mm-hmm. and that's when he called me and asked me you know you know, how do you, what do we do now? Uh, and then I, you know, sort of repackaged the whole policy, wrote a preamble, you know, which is there in my book, and I ended the preamble by saying, uh, our policy is always change with continuity. And then it went back to the cabinet, and the same cabinet people, uh, Balram Jhakar, Arjun Singh, M.L. Fotedar, Madhav Singh Solanki, Rajesh Pilot, uh, the same people who had opposed the policy said, ah, this is very good. This is our policy, our aid of And they approved the policy. So that and phrase so, was very critical. Last phrase, uh, you know, um, our policies change with continuity. Hmm. Uh, it was packaging. I mean, Mr. Rao called me later and said, uh, you know, good, good that you did this. And that's the only time he, you know, paid me a compliment.
2: When the farmers protest that lasted over a year finally ended with the government withdrawing the laws right and journalist Nilanjan Mukhopadhyay explained what could have prompted this decision
6: The situation in Punjab any possible uh, you know deal with Amrinder Singh the situation in Lakhimpur Kheri the by election results uh, the feedback coming from the ground in Uttar Pradesh which despite what is being made out from all of us who are sitting here and not being able to travel because of our COVID fears, it appears that the larger Hindutva narrative is not really very sure at this stage. I'm saying at this stage. I'm not saying that it is getting diluted or anything, but there is no certainty that people will not vote on the basis of what I was telling a while earlier, on the basis of their empty stomachs and uh, the uh, uh, empty wallets. We haven't had many anti-incumbency verdicts in Mr. Modi's era, but yes, there have been problems. You know, there have been problems in Haryana, they lost out, in Jharkhand, they were voted out because of local anti-incumbency issues. So it is not that in the midterm, during, between Lok Sabha elections, in state elections, people do vote on local, on issues of performance and not just on a larger civilizational issue, which the BJP keeps on talking about. It might be successful once again in 24 to convince people that you can have two rotis less, but you have to understand this is a civilizational change which Mr. Modi has brought, that ultimately he's the one who has ensured that the politics of appeasement will end and that religious minorities, especially the Muslims, have been sorted out.
2: Nobel Peace Laureate Maria Ressa explained to us why she thought she and another journalist had received the award, and what was at stake in the world today.
4: So this is also, I think, part of the reason the Nobel Committee gave this this year's prize to journalists. Because the technology that we use to deliver the news has turned democracy into a man-to-man, woman-to-woman defence. Every citizen in every democracy around the world needs to ask themselves the same question that I was forced to ask myself, which is, what are you willing to sacrifice for the truth? What are you willing to sacrifice for the facts?
2: In the time of social media, sensitive sentiments and quick outrage, future brand CEO Santosh Desai explained why brands couldn't afford to be naive anymore. You know,
1: brands cannot be naive. I mean we know that the world is polarized we know that there are some things that that will be you know whether it causes offense or or offense will be taken but we know that some things are politically sensitive anybody who believes that a uh, an urdu phrasing of uh, a festival you know with this close to diwali would not be politically sensitive has to be you know you know living in a different kind of a universe right the fact that brands are increasingly taking Deliberately taking social positions, which they never did in the past, which means that you know the, you know you have more and more the narrative of the purpose-led brand, where brands arrogate to themselves uh, the right to speak on much larger issues, way beyond the categories that they deal in, and say they though they want to be sort of voices that mould and shape society. Uh-huh. Uh, now, if you if you set out to do something like that. Then there is no question of not being able to anticipate and you know and and manage the downside because because as an objective you have set yourself up uh, to sort of uh, you know to play that kind of a larger role.
2: When star kid Aryan Khan's arrest on drug possession charges made for very loud headlines, activist Ronnie Sen explained why a handling of the case and other drug-related cases was horribly wrong.
3: As a informed, educated modern society, we can say that, we can inform people that this is, this particular drug can do you this kind of damage. This particular drug can do you this kind of damage. If you want to, if you want help, this is where you will find help. If you want to quit drugs, this is how you can do it. These are the things that we can do. Not blanket judgments like, All drug addicts are criminals and oh my god, so and so is a drug addict and put it under a moral kind of lens, that is not going to help us.
2: With Parag Agarwal becoming the latest Indian export to climb the corporate ladder to its highest rung, Singh Dasur, who runs US media outlet Juggernaut, explained one major factor that was working to the advantage of the Indian diaspora.
3: The facility with English language has been super prized and really high. The second thing is America, for a long time, when you look at the relationship it had with India, has long been in services, whether it's outsourcing, whether it's insourcing, whether it's offshoring. So there's already an affiliation with, hey, we rely on these folks for outsourcing engineering talent or outsourcing recruiting functions and services specifically, whereas America's relationship with China historically has been in manufacturing. So when you look at some of those kind of macro trends, it's not necessarily that Indians are a better fit for America. It's more that historically that relationship has been more defined by what America sees as a good fit for America.
2: It was also the year cryptocurrency became something all of us had to try and understand and India came one big step closer to trying to regulate it. Shogata Ghosh from the Economic Times had some pretty good advice that is relevant for cryptocurrency and really for any adventurous investment that you may be planning in the year ahead.
1: Like all investment, they should only invest the amount they're ready to lose.
0: episode is produced by Arun George and Sunai Marathi. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TUI Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at at timesinternet.in.